You know, we live in a culture that invented fast food. And when that wasn't fast enough, we invented drive throughs And when that wasn't fast enough, we invented apps to pre-order our food. We live in an, in an impatient culture. How many of you would agree with me on that one, huh? Advertising researchers say that if it takes more than three seconds to download a website, p- people click away. Three seconds. According to a study by Microsoft, the average American adult has an attention span of eight seconds. Goldfish have an attention span of nine. Wow. That's why uh, if you're into Vine videos, six-second videos are very popular because of our attention span. According to a recent survey, more than 50% of Americans hang up the phone after being left on hold for one minute or less. 96% will willingly consume extremely hot foods or drinks that burn their mouth. 93% will open the microwave door before it finishes and beeps. How many of you are guilty of that one? You open the door before it beeps. Come on. Yeah, I know. I bet I do too. We use the self-checkout lanes because we think it'll save time. We try the one-weekend diet plans. (laughs) We pay extra for overnight shipping. We honk if the car in front of us doesn't move the second the light turns green. Have you ever experienced that before? Have you ever done that before? (laughs) Wow, okay. Are Americans really that impatient? We are. Think about it. We are the only nation in the world that has a mountain named Rushmore. Think about that one. It's true. We are an impatient people. We know this to be true. We experience it all the time. If you just go shopping on a Saturday, I went to Vaughn's and I went to Costco yesterday. Probably two of the worst places to go on a Saturday. The busiest times. And, and it's amazing. People are more impatient now than any other time in history. It's true. In the past few decades, I think we have become more and more impatient. And to some degree, it's because of technology. Technology has affected us. Now listen, I'm not anti-technology. I love technology. I use tech all the time. It, it, but it is changing us. It really is. I mean, I I don't know where, you know, and you say, oh, yeah, those cell phones are terrible things. Listen, it's not just cell phones. How many of you have a microwave and enjoy to use it? We all do, right? And that's technology, too. And so technology affects us, and I think technology has created a now expectation. With a couple of taps on a device, you can, you know, catch a ride in a few minutes. You can order a meal and have it delivered in a few minutes. You can get information, ratings, reviews on any topic, item, movie, event, restaurant, business, or person in seconds. Have you ever Googled yourself? You know, a real interesting guy to Google, I'm going to embarrass him. Google Emmett Christensen sometime. You'll see an article about he's got his uh, information about NASA involvement at the Smithsonian. That's the first thing that pops up if you Google Emmett Christensen, okay? So Google yourself and just see what pops up. It's pretty interesting. Google Brooke, Brooke Coffee. A lot pops up on her because she's all over social media. It's interesting, okay? Um, You can purchase almost anything in seconds. You can check the weather. You can check football scores in seconds. Some of you probably are doing that right now. Our culture has become accustomed to the instant, the instant. We expect things now. 
We feel entitled to have things now. And when life doesn't happen quick enough, we have to wait. We struggle to keep our calm. We struggle with one thing. You know what it is? Patience. Come on, say it with me. Patience. (laughs) And that's our focus for today. I was very tempted to ask somebody else to teach this one. Because this is the one. Of all the things, not that I've got everything else mastered because I don't, but this is the one. This is the one that anybody that knows me close to me, that my fam, don't ask my family. They'll, they'll tell you bad things about patience is the thing that I struggle with. And if you are in this room and you struggle with this, this is right for you today. And I was putting these notes together and I'm like, okay, God, I hear you. I hear you. If, if, if you ask my wife or kids, they would tell you I'm not the most patient person. Look at what Paul says. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. What is it? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So today you have an impatient person teaching you about what it's like to be patient. Isn't that irony in itself right there, right? Let's pray. God, thanks for today, the opportunity we have to look at your word. Your word, the Bible, um, is not just a how-to manual. Your word has a way of coming alive. It, it is active and alive, and it cuts deep into us. And t- this week, I have felt you speaking to me about this, and I ask that you would help me now to communicate all that you want to say to us about this. We pray it in your name. Amen. This concept of patience is used different ways in the Old Testament and New Testament. We find God being patient, and I'm so thankful for this. You should be too. The the Apostle Peter says this, God is being patient with you. He does not want anyone to be lost, but wants all people to change their hearts and lives. How many of you are thankful that God is being patient with you like I am? Okay. The Apostle Paul says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you. Does this mean nothing to you? But specifically in the New Testament, there are two words in the original Greek. And as I've mentioned throughout this series, the New Testament was written originally in Greek and then translated so that we could have it in English. And two words in the original Greek that that are used to translate our word patience, one word, in our English Bibles. And I really believe these two words Um, have a lot to do with who we are and what God wants to speak to us about. Sometimes patience is translated from the Greek word hupomeno. Hupomeno means, meno means to remain, hupo means under. So it carries the idea of remaining under a load, under a burden, to stay, to endure, to persevere. It's, It's remaining under in a difficult time. In fact, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians, we patiently endure troubles and hardships of every kind. That's that word, hupomeno. It's it's, um, being under that. Paul's talking about circumstances. The ability to be patient in the middle of some circumstances can be very challenging and very difficult. How many have ever faced challenging, difficult circumstances where it's tough to be patient in them, to wait under that load? Uh, We're told that patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. 
Sometimes God's plan takes you through tough times that you have to endure. You have to stay the course. You have to remain under those difficult circumstances with hupomeno, patience, believing that God knows what he's doing. That's the Greek word hupomeno. But that's not the word that Paul uses in our text of Galatians 5. Remember it? The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our, love, uh, our lives. Love, joy, peace. Say it with me. Patience. That's not the word. Circle that word. It's not the word hupomeno. This is a different Greek word that Paul uses. And from this word, I think we get a very clear image, clear view of what Paul, the Apostle Paul, is trying to communicate to us. This word patience is translated from the word macrothumia. And where it comes from is the idea of macros means long. Say that with me, long. And thymos or thumia uh, means passion or anger. So if you put those together, the idea is long anger. Come on, say it with me, long anger. So long reaction, long anger, avoiding premature reaction. And this word has nothing to do with circumstances. And so often... I'm telling you, so often people translate um, this idea of patience, even in Galatians 5, having to do with circumstances. But in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, as we've already discussed throughout this series, has to do with our interaction with people. It has nothing to do with circumstances. It has to do with us relating to other people. And so that's what Paul's trying to get across to us, is macrothumia has to do with us having long reaction in our anger as we relate to other people. Now we see this really clearly if you back up in context. Just recently I had someone ask me a question about a particular verse. And I said to them right away, I said to them, well, what's the context? They said, what do you mean? I said, well, back up and read the whole paragraph. You have to see what the writer is trying to communicate before and after it to get a really good understanding of what they're trying to say. So let's do that with Galatians 5. Look what the Apostle Paul writes. You have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Oh, wait, do you see what he's talking about? He's talking about our interaction, our relating to each other. Look what he says. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, and so on. So, so we can really see that patience has to do with our relating to other people, people more than anything else. In fact, patience, I think, is a quality of the fruit of the Holy Spirit that affects other people more than any other quality because there's so often a lack of patience in our lives. And you and I know how much a lack of patience in our lives affects our relating to other people. In fact, I want you to get this down. This is the definition of patience that we're going to use throughout this series. Patience is waiting long before responding to others. 
I know that's probably not grammatically correct, but that's a good way for us to remember it. Waiting long before responding to others. Come on, say it with me. Waiting long before responding to others. Now, I'm not going to ask you for a show of hands here, so just keep your hands down. And don't nudge anybody. If you're a spouse, don't nudge your spouse on this one. But how many of us really need to work on that? Waiting long before responding to others. And you say, well, I don't yell at people. Yeah, but are you sarcastic? Well, I'm not sarcastic, yeah, but do you go away in a huff? Are you reacting either silently or vocally? But you're reacting. Everybody follow me on that? It's really easy to quickly react to other people that irritate you. How many of you would agree with that one? It is, isn't it? I mean, how many of you have people that you would say, if, you, if they're sitting next to you, don't look at them, okay? But how many of you have people you would say, I have people that irritate me in my work life, in my school life, in my neighborhood, in my family, whatever. I have people that irritate me. Come on, let's just be honest. We're in church. We can be honest. How many of you, have, yeah, we all, Kyle has two hands up. He's got a lot of people. We have people that irritate us, don't we? We do. And so it's like, Okay, how, how are we supposed to deal with this? How are we, that, that's really what I want us to see. Is, that's what Paul's talking about. His patience is waiting long before responding to those people that irritate us. Sometimes it's really easy to wait long to respond to people that love us and, you know, are showing love towards us and are nice, you know, to us and all of this. But man, those people that rub you wrong, it is hard to wait long before you respond to them. Whatever was said to you, Whatever was done to you, whatever was not done that should have been done, no matter what it is, waiting long before responding to others. Wow. Slow to anger. Slow to react. Some call this having a long fuse. And then it gets worse. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, hang on, come on. It gets worse because Paul's not done. Look what Paul says here. And this, I'm telling you, I, I thought I'm not even going to include this because this is a killer verse. And it's so short. It's, so, it's like, are you kidding me? Look what it says, 1 Thessalonians 5.14. We are commanded. Don't miss this. We're commanded. It's imperative command. Be patient with everyone. Some people, I wish you would just say some people, be patient with some. Be patient with the easy ones. Be patient with the people you like. Even that, I don't know about you, but I struggle with that even sometimes. With every, do you know how many annoying people are in life? That's what I want to say to Paul. I mean, the way that person talks Drives me crazy. The way that person invades my personal space, drive, she's inconsiderate. He won't stop talking. It just drives me crazy. Paul, how can you say this? How can we do this? This is crazy talk. How can I possibly be patient with everyone? Come on. This is the one we want to skip. At least I did. I'll, I'll talk about love and joy and peace. Skip patience. Go to kindness and good. You know, but how am I supposed to be patient with everyone? Paul shows us. Look what he says in Ephesians 4, 2. Be patient with each other. 
making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Sometimes we may say, I don't have to put up with this. Okay, at work, at school, with people, with our friends, with our family. You know what? I don't have to put up with this. Who says that I have to put up with this? Guess what? Actually, you do. That's what Paul is saying. If you are a follower of Jesus in this room, Paul says you have to put up with other people's faults. And again, I want to say, and do you know how many faults they have? And that means I got to put up with all of that all the time. Hmm. Wow. You say, well, I'm already doing it all the time. I put up with a lot from my spouse. I put up with a lot from my kids, my boss, my coworkers. I put up a lot with a lot from my parents or my neighbors. I put up with ignorant attitudes and words of all kinds. But don't miss what Paul says here because you're missing something. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. See, we don't just put up with each other. We put up with each other in love. Hmm. And I don't know about you, but that's something very, very different than the way I usually operate. If I'm putting up with someone, I am counting in my, in my mind. I'm one two, three, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever tried that trick? Or I'm trying to get away from the conversation, all right, you just stay right over there because you're really bugging me right now. I try to avoid it. I try to distract myself, but I'm not putting up with them because of my love. Most of the time we put up with each other without love. Do you know what that results in? Grudges. Resentment, bitterness, and sometimes a general dislike of people. I've had people say to me, I pretty much don't like anyone. Hmm. How, how do you get there? Hmm. See, we end up with broken relationships and broken marriages and broken churches when we are just putting up with each other if we're not doing it in love. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm just talking about me, and this hit me right between the eyes this week. I don't want to experience brokenness in relationships. I've come to realize life is too short. I don't want to experience brokenness. I want to experience wholeness in relationships. So how, how can I have patience with those around me? Paul tells us. Take a look. 1 Timothy 1. He's writing to his protege. Timothy was going through some difficult times. He's trying to lead, and he's, and he's struggling with it. And, and so Paul writes a letter to encourage him. Look what he says. God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example <clears throat> of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Oh man, don't miss this. Even though Paul was probably one of the most religious people that lived in that time, 
even though Paul was probably one of the most educated people in that time. Some researchers say that they, they think that Paul had at least three PhDs. Okay, so, so of, of all of these accolades and all of these accomplishments that Paul had and who he was, he saw himself as the worst of sinners. He realized that, that he would be who he is and where he is. He would never be that without the grace of God being poured out in his life. See, Paul realized something that all of us need to realize. You know what Paul realized? We're all a mess. In fact, would you say that to somebody nearby? Just say, we're all a mess. Come on, tell them. We're all a mess. We, we all have issues. We really do. And if you get down to it, you say, well, not me. Well, there's one right there. It's called pride, right? Let me see. I could probably list three or four others, right? It, we all have issues. We all are a mess. We all have problems. We all have flaws. We all have quirks. We all have sin. And we live in a broken world, and we are broken people. And Jesus wants to come into our life. That's the whole purpose. He came. I don't know if you realize, but Jesus came to earth, and he died on the cross, and all of this because he wants to restore this broken world and broken people. He wants to make us whole again. This is not the way God intended for it to be originally. And so if Jesus shows patience to me, then shouldn't I show patience to others? I mean, how can I do this? I want you to get this down, and I want to talk about it in just a minute here, but get this down. I can let things go about others because I know how much Jesus has let go about me. You say, well, you just don't know, Bart, what this person has done. Listen, listen. I'm not, I'm not talking, it would be a whole other teaching about um, the, the whole forgiveness thing of people who have hurt you deeply. Um, you know, you could throw all kinds of things into that one category. And I'm not, I'm not talking the, the, the deep hurts and the deep issues and the things that, that have been with us for years. I'm not talking about that today. What I'm talking about today it's just the little superficial stuff. And, and I'm assuming, okay, I'm just I'll let you know, I'm assuming that there are some people here today that are like me. Sometimes the little superficial stuff really bothers me. Okay, let me give you a, a case in point. Yesterday, I was at Costco. <laughs> and it was very busy and going through the aisles and People all over, they just stop in the middle of the aisle with their cart blocking the aisle and they're talking. They're not shopping, they're talking. And I don't know about you, but I'm on a mission when I'm shopping. And it's like, and I come up and I'm like, <clears throat> you know, I'm being, I'm being, trying to be really patient and I'm beginning to white knuckle the cart. I don't know if you've ever done that before. It's like, I need to get by. And I'm right here, and I'm trying to be really nice. Okay, that's one. Okay, the other one is at Costco, and, and we're really busy right at the entrance, and we're all coming in and going with our carts two-way and all this. And here comes this one lady, like a bull in a china shop, with her cart 
right through the middle. And I mean, you better get out of her way because she was going to bang you, right? And it's like, whoa, slow down, man. You know, you got to have traffic cops in Costco. There are times like that where I want to say things. And so I struggle. I'm just, this is, can I just confess with you today? I struggle with things like this. You say, Bart, that's, that's, you know, that's stupid stuff. That's trivial stuff. Isn't it the trivial stuff? Isn't the lightweight stuff? Isn't it the little things that just kind of pile up and pile up and pile up and pretty soon it's like, ah! and, and that's what, if you're an impatient person, that's what causes you to explode on someone close to you, and you don't mean to do that, but that's what happens because all the little things build up, build up, build up, and you're not, you're not able to let them go. And so yesterday, as I was dealing with this, I'm thinking, great, I've got this message that we're going to talk about patience, right? And the Holy Spirit's just kind of, I felt like the Holy Spirit was just whispering patience all day long. I talked to Caleb about this last night. I just, all day long, I felt like the Holy Spirit was just Patience, patience. Take a breath, take a beat. Let it go. Is it really that important? Is it enough for you to raise your stress level about? This is the thing I'm talking about. I'm not talking about these deep issues today. I'm talking about these superficial little things that pile up and pile up, and we have a hard time being patient with other people. So I'm leaving the Vaughn's shopping center and, and I'm turning onto Balboa, turning left onto Balboa and I'm actually coming to the church to drop off some stuff and I'm, you know, and I get out into the intersection because the light had just turned from the green arrow to the green light and I'm yielding for the oncoming traffic that's coming all the way through, all, you know, across from Target, across to, to Vaughn's. And so they're coming this way, and I'm wanting to turn this way. And, and this driver is like doing sloth speed, like the video we saw, like five miles an hour. And he just keeps, young guy, he just keeps creeping. And I'm like, dude, the light is going to turn, and I'm in the middle of the intersection, Right? And finally he gets by me, and as he's passing me, he flips me off. And there was a, I'll just be honest, there was a part of me that was like, what, what did I do? I mean, it was like, what in the world did I do? And I'm thinking, then I was thinking, okay, maybe he didn't mean it for me, but as far as I know, he was looking right at me, and, and I'm like, and again, the Holy Spirit, let it go. It's those little things, isn't it? Those little things that add up, that add up, that add up. And I got to learn how to let them go. So how do you do this? Paul said, when you think about all that Jesus has done, and letting things go for you, about you. Can you let these go for other people? Hmm. See, this is what Jesus was teaching on in a parable that he, that he started talking about, really about forgiveness to begin with in Matthew 18. But then he comes into this parable, and I, I just want you to see the, the line of thought here. Okay, ready? 
Matthew 18, verse 23. Jesus says, a king decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. This guy owed him a lot of money. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him. What did he beg him? Come on, say it with me. Be patient with me and I will pay it all. Don't forget that. Be patient with me. So he owes his master millions of dollars and he's unable to pay. And the guy says, now you're going to be sold into slavery. Your whole family, everything you own is going to be sold to pay this debt. And the guy says, no, no, please, please, master, be patient with me. Be patient with me. Guess what? That's our word, macrothumia. Be patient with me. Jesus is using our word. Be patient with me. Long anger. Be patient with me. Hmm. Then his master was filled with pity for him. And he released him and forgave his debt. He didn't say, all right, I'll write you an IOU and for the rest of your life you're going to be paying it off. Which, by the way, that's what we do with people a lot of the times. I forgive you, but I'm going to remember you. I'm going to remember what you did. I'm not going to let you off the hook. I'll forgive you, but I'm watching you. Right? He didn't do that. He says, I forgive your debt. It's wiped clean. Look at this. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. And look at what he says. Be patient with me and I will pay it. Sound familiar? Exactly the same words that, he, that this guy had said to his master previously. Same word in the Greek, macrothumia. Long in reaction, long in response. Be patient with me. But his creditor, this guy that had already been forgiven, this creditor wouldn't wait. Interesting, wouldn't what? Wait. He didn't wait long. He had the man arrested, put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. And when the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and they told him everything that had happened. So the king called in the man that he had forgiven. And he said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. And we could add in, please be patient with me. And look at what the king says. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? This story grabbed me this week. Shouldn't Bart, shouldn't you have mercy on others like I have had mercy on you? So, the guy driving by flipping me off, and the lady, like a bull coming through Costco, and the people in the aisle 
talking, oblivious to anyone around them. I am called to have patience. Really mercy, but let's call it patience. Because God has been so patient with me. And he has poured out mercy in my life when I did not deserve it. When I was worse than the people talking, oblivious to anyone around them, worse than the lady who was trying to get her way, I've tried to make my way, worse than the guy who was so rude to someone else. I'm worse than this. And God has shown me mercy. And just like Paul, you and I, we are called to be an example of the patience of God. There's a connection between forgiveness and having patience with others. There's a, there's a connection between patience and letting it go. And I know that this is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But listen, you can't just say, well, Holy Spirit, give me patience without being involved in the process. You have to open up your mind and your heart to this idea, to this work. There is a level of active obedience that operates throughout the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We have to, we have to listen and we have to do what he says. So in this whole context of Galatians 5, look at what Paul tells us. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasure, idolatry, sorcery. Oh, wait, look at this one. Hostility. Well, that's, that's almost opposite of patience, isn't it? Quarreling, opposite of patience. Jealousy, outburst of anger. That is exactly opposite of patience. Selfish ambition, dissension, which is causing problems and, and issues. Division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. But the Holy Spirit produces, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. Here we go. Say it with me. Patience. Do you see how he's contrasting? Paul's saying, outbursts of anger, division, dissension, um, hostility, quarreling, arguing, all of these things. He's saying, this is what you have, and this is what the Holy Spirit wants to produce in your life. Patience. Patience. Waiting long. Waiting long to respond. And then Paul wraps it up in verse 25. He wraps up Galatians 5. Look what he says. And man, this is a challenge. Here we go. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading. Here's the challenge. In every part of our lives. Not just the Sunday morning part. Not just the part when we get ready to go to church. 
And we're at church every part of our lives. So guess what? I hate to tell you, but we've talked about patience today. In fact, we have been praying, many people right here at Pathway Church have been praying, and I'm going to pray for you in this way, we've been praying that you and I would grow in patience. (laughs) Do you know how you learn patience? By going through let's just call it interesting circumstances with people, right? And so when you come to tomorrow at school, at work, in your neighborhood, whoever you're dealing with, I'm telling you, I hate to tell you this, but I'm just telling you, you're going to have a day, maybe a week, like I had yesterday, where you're going to be exposed to and experiencing people that are not the easiest to get along with. That might just do something to irritate you just a little bit. And you'll have a choice. Am I going to let it go? Because of all that Jesus has let go of in my life, am I going to let this go? In every part of our lives. Are we doing this? Are you following the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of your life? The Holy Spirit, man, there was a concept, and I don't know where I'm going with this. This is going to hit some series or something at some point, but there's a concept that hit my mind this week that the Holy Spirit expects me to follow him no matter what pace he sets. And I, and I think that is for us. He, the Holy Spirit is wanting to set a pace of patience in your life. And he's asking you, are you following this? That's what Paul is saying. Are you following the Holy Spirit's leading in this? Wow. And so as we wrap off, I want to pray for you. Paul included a prayer in Colossians 1 for, for Jesus' followers that he was very concerned about and he loved dearly. And because I love you guys and I'm concerned for you, I want to see you grow in this. I want to pray this prayer for you and then we'll wrap off, all right? Look what Paul says. We ask God, and that's what I'm doing, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good Fruit. That's what we're wanting. We're wanting to see the fruit of the Holy Spirit produced in your life. And then Paul says, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the patience you need. Hmm. Patience doesn't come naturally. That's why we need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives because I don't know about you, but I need all the patience that I can get. Let's pray.